1: Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. In the program this week, the New Zealand footballers are together for the first time since their unbeaten run at the World Cup, and New Zealand's best gold medal chance at the Commonwealth Games is in action early on Sunday morning in Delhi. The race for a top seven place in rugby's provincial championship intensifies, and across the Tasman there's another big race, the Bathurst 1000. Two football first though, and after the euphoria of being the only team to leave South Africa with an unbeaten record, the All Whites are in for reality checks when they play Honduras at North Harbour Stadium on Saturday night, and Paraguay in Wellington on Tuesday night. There are some interesting parallels between Honduras and New Zealand, both sides having been to the World Cup twice, Spain in 1982 and South Africa this year, and their records are the same, three draws and three losses. They also have three Premier League players apiece, and their FIFA World Rankings are close, 49th for the All Whites and 52nd for Honduras. But the Central Americans are more experienced, and their defender, Minor Figueroa, is the man whose spectacular 50-metre free-kick strike for Wigan against Stoke City was judged the goal of the last Premier League season. Ticket sales have been sluggish, however, prompting skipper Ryan Nelson to point out that although the matches are called friendlies, they're anything but sentiment the reserve goalkeeper Mark Paston told me he shares.
2: A friendly is a bit misleading I think. <laughs> I should probably call it something else. There's no such thing really so you know, we're going out to win them. Obviously home in front of hopefully a big crowd. What do you make of the slow
1: start to the sales so far? You mentioned hopefully a big crowd. How important would it, is it to get a big crowd in terms of getting games like this back again? And possibly not jeopardising them with a low turnout like like the Com Games for example.
2: <laughs> yeah obviously guys want to play in front of the biggest crowd possible I think for the for um, the sport, it's it's important, but you know, as a footballer, is all you can do is go and play and play well, and hopefully, um, you know, people want to turn up, and watch you play again. Um, so, from my point of view, there's not much I can do about that. What
1: do, what would you put the the slow sales down to? a Recession, a bit of a hangover from the World Cup, or just you know, perhaps people are just going to walk up on the day?
2: I don't know, maybe all of the above. You know, um, I'm no expert on it, and um, you know, I'm sure people have a. A lot of ideas on you know, why they haven't sold as many tickets, but um, you know, hopefully a lot of people turn up on, on the day and um, you know, hopefully get a crowd over 20,000. What do you make of Honduras and do you get nightmares when
1: you see that goal of the, uh, the season being replayed as it was last night or the night before?
2: I figure I. <laughs> yeah, Not really, no. Um, no, they're a quality, quality team, so um, obviously the World Cup and uh, um, every team that makes the World Cup is so obviously going to be a decent team, so it's going to be tough for us and I think um, you know, maybe a lot of people are underestimating them. So it's going to be a big challenge, and obviously Paraguay obviously an even bigger challenge.
1: That's Mark Paston, and this is Extra Time, a web-only show from Radio New Zealand Sport. Meanwhile, the Honduras match is a milestone for the young defender Winston Reed, who played football for Takapuna as a youngster before moving to Europe and then to West Ham in the Premier League after the World Cup.
2: Everything's gone pretty quickly, you know, but um, I just work hard you know, and keep my head down and just
1: do what I do. How are you finding the, the Premier League experience and what have you made of it so far with you know, Liverpool way down the
2: bottom there? Yeah, well, it's tough, you know, it's the Premier League, it's the best league in the world, so it's a tough league, but I think the team's on the right track and um, hopefully I can push my way back into the side. How
1: the other players responded to you coming across from Denmark and via New Zealand?
2: Good, good. Um, you know, I think everyone respects all the players there. Um, this, obviously, there's tough, tough competition for spots in there. Um, it's the hardest league in the world, so all the teams playing the league, they've got a good squad. So, um, yeah, it's tough, but um, it's good competition. Enjoying London yeah. as a city to live in? It's a nice place. It's not too bad. It's not too shabby. Winston Reed's
1: enjoying being back on the North Shore even though Albany's a bit north of his boyhood neighbourhoods.
2: Similar surroundings, but I haven't played like a, a soccer match since yeah, since when I was eight, eight or nine probably, so I'm looking forward to that. A few good memories, scoring a couple of goals, so hopefully I can do that.
1: And Winston Reed says he's in regular contact with Ryan Nelson, who's nearing the end of his Premier League career and admits he's not sure about the next World Cup in Brazil.
2: Don't tell anybody, but I, I will be going on 37 in 2014, so that's a long way away. Andrew Flintoff retired at 31 because of bad knees, so, yeah. yeah. There's still a few uh, bit of oil left in the knees yet, so we'll see.
1: To the Commonwealth Games now, and while it's looking as if silver's the new gold from the New Zealand team in Delhi, at least one gold medal is all but assured. And track and field, with the Olympic and world champion Valerie Adams, has easily the best record of the women's shot putters in Delhi. If Adams throws anywhere near her personal best of 21.07 metres, she'll retain the title she won in Melbourne, with a Games record throw of 19.66. And she has only one real rival.
3: Cleopatra Burrell, she's my next rival. She's from Trinidad and Tobago, she's throwing 19.5 this year. So um, she's probably the next uh, best one in the Commonwealth. But uh, third place, uh, I think it'll be a scrabble over third place. Well, second and third, but you never know, you know, competition is competition. But, you know, I think the next best person is maybe 17 metres. If you put me and Cleo aside, the standard is is pretty poor. But it's one of those things you just got to go out there and do the best you can.
1: Valerie Adams will throw for gold from around 2 o'clock on Sunday morning. And from about 1 o'clock on Monday morning, the youngest member of the athletics team, Elizabeth Lamb, will be competing in the women's high jump. The 19-year-old Auckland student told Gail Woods she's not been bothered by the extraordinary security measures and constant presence of heavily armed police officers and soldiers. If there wasn't men with guns, then there could be people who are not in uniforms with guns, so I guess, yeah. So do you feel safe here? Do you
3: feel, yeah, you know, you're
1: fine? Yeah, I'm totally fine. I think they've had enough kind of speculation to deal with, so they're going to put in everything into it.
3: How much of a distraction was it for you getting ready for this with all the controversy and complaints and problems leading up to it?
1: You're going to take that on board, but at the same time you're not going to let it affect you. I just gave this whole competition pretty much to security, gave it to God, there's nothing more I can do about it and I'm just the athlete, so we'll turn up here and everyone else can take care of themselves. That's Elizabeth Lamb and this is Extra Time, a web-only sports show from Radio New Zealand Sport. Rugby now, and with only three rounds remaining before the provincial championship playoffs, competition for home semi finals and places in the top seven in next year's two tier competition is intensifying, especially for Auckland, who've slipped out of the top four, and Wellington, who are eighth, a point behind Counties Monaco. Canterbury are back on top, two points clear of Southland and four ahead of third place Taranaki who host Manawatu on Saturday afternoon, before Southland play Canterbury in the late game with more than the Ranfurly Shield at stake, as the Stag's co-coach Simon Colhane told me.
3: Things are sort of bottlenecking at the top of the table there, so the IDM Cups are probably, I wouldn't say more important than the, the Ranfurly Shield, but they are pretty important to us and it, it's part of our, our goal is to make the top four and, and make a semi-final, so you know, hugely important that we get to the Mighty M Cup points this week too.
1: You're at home, but a lot of people, I guess, would see you guys as the underdog because Canterbury seemed to be gathering momentum after, I guess, a pretty shaky start, which they did last year as well. So would you wear that underdog status willingly?
3: Ah, oh, happy to. Yeah, very very happy to wear that, mate. I guess they have. They've been a bit of a sleeping giant all year, and they've got quality all over the park. Haven't always put it together at times. Um, you know, obviously... Shield occasion they'll be endeavouring to and and they'll bring their A game and we're going to have to bring our A plus to to match it and and some more I think.
1: You'd have to be pretty happy with the way the uh, the front row's been going and and with the way especially um, Jason Rutledge has been going. You know, people talking seriously about him as a a bolter for the end of year tour, for example.
3: Well, they've been solid and week in week out. Our front row, our scrum um, came under a little bit of pressure at times, particularly against Waikato, but they bounced back well and put a lot of work in there this week because we know what a solid outfit Canterbury have in the front row. So it won't be for the faint-hearted in there this week, that's for sure.
1: And just uh, speaking of problems, uh, Sonny Bill-Williams seems to be finally getting the hang of the 15-man game. So what's it going to take to stop a guy who's uh, playing in the midfield but you know, he could equally play six or eight?
3: <laughs> uh, well, we've talked about a, a sniper in the stand, maybe shooting him, but... Oh, he's uh, you know he's playing well, but um, I think if we, we over-focus on him, you know, they've, they've got quality all over the park. Colin Slade could run, Andy Ellis could run. Obviously, they've got, got Fruin as well, so I guess there'll be trust in their defensive system to, to each man to do his job, and and hopefully we can do the containing, and hopefully he's got a bit of work containing us too because he can expect a bit of traffic down his channel as well.
1: At Southlands co-coach Simon Culhane. Across the Tasman now and the Peter Brock Trophy is the big prize at the Bathurst 1000 where Ford and Holden fans gather to watch the V8 supercars speeding up and down Mount Panorama and along Conrod Strait. Sunday's 1000km Endurance Classic is motorsport's most popular race down under. New Zealand's favourite driver Greg Murphy held the lap record of 2 minutes 6.8594 seconds set in the top 10 shootout seven years ago until today's final practice session when the Holden heavyweight Craig Lowndes reduced it to 2 minutes 6.8012. It's been six years since Murphy last won the big race and this season's been one of his worst as they've struggled to come to grips with their Super 8 Holden and the way its chassis needs to be run.
0: That is a little bit different to what we've had before but We've been working away pretty hard to, to try and improve things, and it's, it's a struggle. But we're up at Bathurst, and I love the place, and it is a, it's a great race track. We've had a practice session this morning, which went probably better than most of the other sessions we've had so far this year. So feeling quite good at the moment. It's a long way to go, and we've still got a little bit of speed to find before the race day.
1: You mentioned the chassis. Is there any particular problems? I'm reasonably familiar with what goes on under a car, but in relation to racing cars, I mean, is it is it a question of tuning things or different settings yeah. or...?
0: Well, the car is quite different in, in its settings. You know, its base settings to what we've, what I've run before. It's just the way Triple Eight do things. But things have been complicated by a few issues that we've been unable to get on top of. One of them has been lately uh, Phillip Island, and and then our test last week we had a drama with the car that we couldn't get on top of, and was caused a lot of problems for us, which was involved the front of the car and the steering in the car. It seems this weekend out the gate, it seems better than what it has been so we're a little bit encouraged by that but it has been ongoing it's just been issue after issue after issue and it just it's been fast and smooth sailing so you know we we're, we're uh, everyone's been working very very hard it's just when you are a customer of the likes of triple eight and you're supposed to you know we've got a technical alliance there you, it hasn't worked properly i don't think it's been managed that well the, the technical alliance and and therefore you know we've grown apart in some ways from triple eight and uh now we're trying to resurrect that and get it get it closer again
1: you mentioned steering and and of course mount panorama is it's, it's I've, I've been driven around it, which was scary enough, let alone driving around it at the sort of speeds that you guys do. So you wouldn't want any any issue at all with with steering and and suspension on on a circuit like that, would you?
0: No, you need to have complete confidence, and I certainly this year at a lot of the race meetings, I've lacked a lot of confidence in the car because it just has been so difficult to drive, difficult to to find speed and and also the consistency has been abysmal. so. We don't understand all the reasons why this has been, considering, you know, the two AAA cars have been running at the front of the field and, and uh, Russell and I have been mid to backpack and it, it's been pretty hard to take. So, you know, yeah, you're right that things need to be right. When you come to somewhere like this, where you're doing 300 Ks down Conrad, Strait, you want to be confident that the car's going to do what you want it to. And, you know, as a first session, we were pretty competitive already here at Bathurst, so we're hoping that does continue, but a long way to go.
1: Do you still hold the lap record there?
0: Uh, Yeah, I do. I still hold the fastest lap, which will be under threat again this year. Already in the first session this morning, you know, the times have gone into the sevens, 207 bracket. So who knows? Last year, I think it went into the 207 bracket pretty early on too, and still no one was able to beat it, but it could happen. It remains to be seen.
1: You mentioned that the year hasn't gone that well for you. I think just look at the last time I looked at the table. You were. I wouldn't sitting. look at the table. Please it was, don't It was look about twenty five or something, wasn't it? So don't, it don't
0: even. I, I don't bother looking, mate. <laughs> it's not important because it's. Uh, it's as I say, it's an embarrassment.
1: Yeah, because you're used to being uh, at, at least top ten for so long, I guess, haven't you? So it's. Uh,
0: well, yeah, and you know, the last few years haven't been easy by any means. We've we've languished. In the in the twenties or the twenty somewhere, and, and that's that's unacceptable as well. Especially after you say after you've been at the front, it's very hard to take not being back up there on a consistent basis.
1: Are you encouraged by what you've seen so far of the car on the on the mountain? Do you think there's any possibility that you could start to, a bit of a resurrection there, this, even this late in the season? It's
0: not not about a not about the championship anymore for us. It's about just uh, trying to save face and get some results that prove all the all the people, all the skeptics, and all the ones that love to attack you and think that they know why, you know, you're not going so good. It's good to prove them all wrong. So that's what we set out to try and achieve.
1: What about the other New Zealanders? I see Shane Van Gisbergen's quite nicely poised.
0: Well he's been so consistent all year, he's had a, a really good season, which probably now for him he's probably looking at it and going, he wants to take it to that next level but he's had a consistent year and lots of lots of podium finishes. He probably needs to break the the third-place hoodoo at the moment, which is probably well in his mind, being that he's had a lot of third-place finishes this year. So I don't think that's too far away, though. I think he's probably got a good chance. And Jason Richards' is as comfortable up here as what I am at Bathurst, so he's pretty focused after a second place last year. He'll be uh, pretty keen to try and go one better.
1: The last couple of years, Garth Tander's been on pole. What would be his chances, do you think, of making it three in a row?
0: Well, uh, HRT's um, a bit of an enigma, really. They are such a class act. This year, they probably are not so happy with their form, they won the Phillip Island 500 race last year and, and this year, you know, uh, didn't really look like a, a shot at it at all, sort of struggling to find some form at the moment, battling with their cars a little bit. Um, but I have no doubt that they'll get back on on track, you know, they're a team that always finds their way back to the top. So there's, there's sort of no, no worries about that and, you know, Garth loves this joint too and, and, you know, he's been on pole a couple of times and you, you can never discount HRT and, and Garth Tandis.
1: That's Greg Murphy and that's the show for this week. Feedback's welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz, and you can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. Well we'll be back with the next web only extra time show next week. I'm Murray Williams, bye for now.
3: Hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag, say hello to Quince.